0: Good morning. Um, Boker Tov. Shabbat Shalom. That's good morning, and may you have a Sabbath rest and peace. I've been uh, in Israel, and so uh, Hebrew is still on my tongue. Uh, it was hot there this year, but uh, God met us there, uh, as he always does, and uh, he says hello. Hello. Um, He's in our midst here too, of course. I've had uh, I had uh, the privilege of having uh, some from uh, West Bowles come this year, and I uh, have had more people ask uh, me this morning about uh, coming a- uh, along next year, and I've had a senior group come and suggest and ask, you know, uh, would you do a trip, Todd, uh, that was a little kinder, gentler, hiking, uh, uh, physical-wise, because we'd love to go. But uh, we're scared by all the hiking, and uh, the short answer is yes. Uh, I would love to add that trip, uh, so uh, those um, who are getting a little older or can't do so much hiking uh, would love to come see me if you're interested in it, and um, we'll see if we can put that together uh, next year. But uh, boy, it's great to go to Israel, but it's even better to be home. I missed you guys. How you been? Good. Well, thank you. Four of you missed me. That's good. (laughs) Oh, happy Father's Day everyone. Um, thank you. It's, um, it's a day that uh, we set aside and uh, even though it's not a church holiday, uh, I think it's good that uh, we set aside Father's Day to talk about in church. Um, we've got the opportunity to celebrate and to honor uh, godly fathers. Amen. I, um, I discovered uh, during my preparation for the message this week that um, American culture, uh, at least, um, um, it's often reluctant uh, to celebrate uh, fathers or fatherhood. Um, Even in the church, I was looking at, um, oh, sample Mother's Day sermons, Father's Day sermons over the last month or so for Mother's Day and Father's Day. And uh, it's fascinating because Mother's Day sermons... um, they tend to praise moms for their mothering. Father's Day sermons, on the other hand, there's a noticeable difference. They tend to be far more critical. Uh, Mother's Day sermons tend to have a, a spirit or a tone of, way to go, Mom, you're awesome. <laughs> Father's Day sermons, as I was looking at them as a whole, their tone is more a spirit of, you're failing, dads, you stink. And... Um, in fact, a recent study, in all seriousness, shows that church-going men even shy away from coming to church on Father's Day because they feel like they're going to get hit over the head or roughed up a bit uh, for not doing a better job at being a father. And, uh, well, that's no good. We don't want uh, fathers to stay away. And, you know, I understand. There's no perfect parents out there, right? Uh, can we just get that out on the table? <laughs> You know, moms or dads, and um, while we can all uh, benefit, you know, from a call or an exhortation to improve our parenting, um, the difference in spirit, however, toward a however imperfect mom who's doing her best versus an imperfect father doing his best is startling um, in our culture, and even in the churches I was looking. Lots of grace for the moms doing the best they can, but that spirit of grace, not so much for dads for some reason. Interesting. I, I wonder if it's because the American church, at least, has bought into and is unfortunately reflecting a piece of American culture a bit here. Uh, That that, that culture that um, it's open season on male bashing, Uh, that that, that's the in thing, or or where the sentiment seems to be that, you know, the chief problem with men, the chief problem with men is that they're not more like women. And... um, While the role of mom is pretty well recognized by everyone, including those outside the church, as being vital to the family, but for some reason the role of fathers has been pushed and relegated. uh, A feel somehow that uh, he's a second-class citizen; that they're less important somehow. There's this wariness about masculinity that uh, that's harmful somehow, something to be avoided, uh, something that we regretfully tolerate. One uh, prominent American feminist, for example, has gone so far as to say this. Fathers are a biological necessity, but a psychological absurdity. Oh, really? Let me tell you, from the standpoint of God's Word and on the overwhelming evidence of a great deal of research, such a statement is an absurdity. Dads have a vital role in the family. In fact, both mom and dad bring ingredients into the home that are critical to the spiritual and emotional stability of the home. Together, uh, they bring a blend of femininity and masculinity, which in many ways uh, reveal the entire image of God. These two uh, influence um, together, especially when they are um, a product of godly parenting, They're both vital forces in shaping spiritually and emotionally healthy children. And so, uh, my fellow men and fathers and father figures, that's everyone here today, men. My fellow fathers and father figures uh, here this morning, take heart. Uh, Despite the trend that may be present in culture to belittle you, to criticize you, to tell you you're not good enough, that you're a second-class citizen as fathers, We need you, and we want you, and we cherish you. We need your masculinity. We need your male to complement female. There is nothing wrong with being a man. God created you male and is different uh, than female. And praise God for those wonderful differences, men. Men, you play a vital role in raising children, whether your own kids or those of the communities you're involved in. And we recognize and, and empathize, especially today it seems to me, that in many ways in today's society, it's tough to be a man. It's tough to be a father. And we salute you uh, for your efforts in that high calling. And for all that, gentlemen, we celebrate and honor you on this Father's Day. Can I get a small a- amen? Amen. And it's true, being a father or a father figure is a high call. And one reason it's a high calling is because God is referred to as Father in the Bible. And yes, God is without gender. And yes, the Bible gives us many mothering characteristics of God, But it is the concept of father and the masculine pronouns of him and he that God gives himself. Jesus teaches us to pray our father in heaven. And so the standard, gentlemen, is indeed a high one. It's God the father himself. And reflecting on that, I thought maybe, well, that high standard probably contributes perhaps to the the critical spirit. Uh, we've been talking about when it comes to evaluating our earthly fathers because the standard is, is God the Father himself and who can live up to that? And so criticism maybe comes more easily in light of that standard. But man, while it's a high call, Let me tell you, with the power of God in us and through us and by the grace of God, we can strive with determination, we can strive with confidence toward that high calling, and when we do that, when we strive for it, so help us God, and he will, the blessing, men, that you can bring, that we can bring is awesome indeed. This morning, um, I'd like to take a look at you, uh, look at you, I'd like to take a look with you at uh, 5 key factors in Scripture of what it means to be a father or a father figure. And I'd like to take a look at each of them this morning and to thank you, men, uh, for continuing to strive after each of them as part of our high calling. And let me say this up front, as you look at these five things in a minute, sure, men and women both are gifted in these five things, there's no question. This is not an exclusively male list. But the Bible makes a special effort to include fatherhood, especially in these five areas. And so that's why I want to take a look at them with you this morning. The first one uh, we come across right away in the text. It's right there up front in Genesis. The first father aspect in Scripture is that a father is the source He's the source of life, the source of everything, really. God the Father created everything. He's the source of all creation. And in creating the universe, it's often been said that uh, what God did was call or bring order out of chaos. God the Father uh, is a source uh, of order. We go some different directions with source as well. Ladies, Uh, God used man's rib to make you. In many ways, he is your source because God uh, used uh, that part of man to make you. We can go down the road of um, a source, even uh, of pregnancy, although modern medicine shows both contribute equally, although man still is responsible for the gender of the child. Interesting. Interesting. But the direction I want to take with sources of you this morning to pick on one is, is to talk about God the Father as being a source of order, of being able to create in chaos. Dads, you carry, father figures, you carry a bit of that image of God the Father in you. Research shows that um, moms uh, tend to be great at sitting and listening to our problems and, and empathizing with them. Her inclination is is to join us and comfort us in our pain. Research also shows, though, that a dad's inclination is to fix the problem. And uh, again, uh, men are often criticized for their problem solving bent. You know, why do you always just want to fix the problem? And uh, I understand that, but can we also pause? and appreciate that problem fixing this uh, about our dads and father figures too, can we? No? Can we appreciate that about our men? I mean, I know I do. When I was a little boy, uh, um, I, was riding, I was riding my bike up this steep hill. I must have been uh, seven or eight years old, as far as I can remember. And uh, as I was pumping hard on the pedals to get up this hill, the chain fell off. And so I, all of a sudden, went like that because there was no chain, and I fell, and the bike got all tangled up my legs, and I got really gashed on the top of my legs, uh, a top of one leg. I still got the scar. There's blood everywhere, so I go running home, you know, and I hit the door, calling mom, and my mom came running, and. Immediately, she took me in her arms and told me everything was going to be all right. My dad was home. My dad immediately went and got the back team. Don't you believe the bottle when it says it doesn't sting? It lies. <laughs> lies. And he got Bandages. My mom's initial impulse was to comfort. My dad's initial impulse was to fix it. And then after the cut was all bandaged up, I sat there a little bit longer on mom's lap now, dealing with those, um, you know, after-cry, gaspy sob things. It's like hiccups or something. But my dad disappeared. Can you guess where he went? See, yeah, guys immediately, right? The women are like, yeah, where did dad go? Should have been. No, I'm just, but guys immediately, went to fix it. He did. He went and got the bike where I'd left it lay, picked it up, and eventually I found him in the garage. And my dad's not the handiest guy in the world, but God bless him. He was there trying to figure out how to put that chain on in a way that it wouldn't hurt me again. And, and again, mom comforted, dad fixed it. And sure, My mom fixes things. Ladies, I know you fix things too. And my dad comforts me. But they each fall in line with research showing a man's, uh, woman's first impulse is to comfort and a dad's first impulse is to fix the problem. And, And so men, fathers and father figures here today, thank you. Thank you for your impulse to fix things, to bring order um, in the chaos, just like Creator God the Father did that. We need that in you, men. We cherish that and we appreciate that, so thank you. Second, um, the Bible links Father closely with provision. A chief biblical role of fathers is to provide. Provide. Again, men are often criticized for being absent from their families as they pursue work. It's interesting that when women do it, it's seen in a more positive light because they're pursuing their dreams. And while I will be the first to encourage fathers to find quality time with their children, I also would like to be the first or at least join the crowd, if there is one, to commend fathers for their desire their want to provide for their families. Yes, I I spent uh, more time uh, with my mom than with my dad growing up because my dad was working and mom was home. And I'll always cherish that time spent with my mom. But I also deeply appreciate the sacrifices my dad made, the hard work he did to provide for us. And if you ask me, uh, one lesson I learned from that. If you ask me to name um, uh, the most generous person that I've ever known in my life, it's my dad. Uh, Easily. He loves to give to his children. And now he he loves to give to his grandchildren. He loves to provide. And in that, uh, my dad has the same spirit of God the Father who, in Jesus' words, delights to give give good gifts uh, to those who ask him. And so men... Fathers and father figures here this morning, thank you. Thanks for your inclination and effort to provide just like God the Father does. We need that in you. We need your provision. And so we celebrate and honor you for that this morning. Thank you. Third, a father represents discipline in the Bible. Now, we don't much like discipline, do we? Even that word has a negative ring to it in our culture, uh, doesn't it? You know, he is a disciplinarian. Is that a positive or a negative thing to be in our culture? It has like a negative baggage to it, doesn't it? But, you know, if we're pressed, we should recognize how important it is that we have fathers and mothers to correct bad behavior. Good parents reflect the fatherhood of God when they responsibly administer that short-term pain of discipline to shape a child's long-term character. And, oh, that is a terribly difficult line to draw, isn't it, dads and moms? Where grace and forgiveness uh, meet up with justice and consequences for our actions, that's so hard as a parent, isn't it? And it's so easy to err on one side or another. You know, just let it go, that's okay, whatever, versus you know, suffocate, suffocate the kids with responsibilities and rules and standards. And, and, and how best to balance that. Oh my goodness, is there a need for parents to be continually and daily on their knees before God and wrestling with that balance. And it can be different for different kids. And, of course, that raises the question between siblings. of, Well, you didn't with him? And that's not fair. And, oh, this is hard. Isn't it? And you feel the push, don't you? Fathers, mothers too. But don't you feel the push of our culture to be your kid's friend more than a guide or one who exercises discipline? because that push is there. And so it's incredibly hard. In our house um, growing up, my sister Julie and I were familiar with something called the licking stick. And it's not this kind of licking. It was this kind of licking. Uh, the licking stick was in fact uh, one of those paddles that normally had the rubber band and the red ball to it, Right? Only the rubber band and red ball were gone. It was just the paddle. Um, thankfully, the staple was gone too. But that was the licking Stick. And my dad for sure used it. And You know, I can't quite remember if my mom ever used it on us. That's strange. When I call my dad later today, I'm going to ask her, Mom, did you ever spank us with the licking Stick? Um, probably because if she did, it didn't, you know... I remember that my dad used it. <laughs> and he, uh, he, he would paddle our bottoms um, when we deserved a spanking. And, uh, you know, we didn't get spankings very often, but often enough that I remember. And I also remember I got far more spankings than my sister did. So unfair. <laughs> and it didn't really hurt, but, um, you know, uh, enough to remember. One time I knew... Um, Uh, I was in for it when my dad got home from work. It's one of those things where mom says, you're going to tell your father when he gets home from work. It's like, no! Yeah, we're going to tell your father when he gets home from work. One of those days. uh, Waiting for the garage door to open. But one thing my parents didn't know is that Julie and I had figured out where they had hidden the licking stick. (laughs) It was under the couch. And they didn't know we knew that, but we knew. And so that day... Uh, when I knew uh, I was in trouble later when Dad got home for work, I took preemptive self-surviving measures. (laughs) I took the licking stick from its hiding place under the couch and hid it in my room. Now, that seemed a brilliant idea at the time. Dad came home. Mom told him what I had done. Dad went to get the Lickin' Stick, but it wasn't there. Whereupon I opened my mouth and said, You'll never find it. I took it. <laughs> it's a second big mistake. <laughs> I ended up doubling down my bet on spankings that day and, and lost the bet. I got two. So many stories about the Lickin' Stick. Like the time my sister Julie heard my mom getting upset with me in another room. And my beloved sister went and got the licking stick and brought it to my mom. (laughs) Such treachery. The Lord disciplines those he loves. And uh, I appreciate that about my parents. And so men, fathers and father figures, um, you're a special source of discipline and it's tough to find that right balance. Uh, It's tough. Thank you for your willingness to attempt it and to step into the gap to help shape our character. We need that from you. Uh, We cherish that from you. Thank you. Fourth, um, the Bible closely ties with fatherhood protection uh, for his family. It's that same instinct uh, in a man that, that throws himself on a live grenade to save his friends in combat. There's a male sense of honor and duty to protect those in our care. Now, ladies, you possess this protective gene as well. You know, don't mess with Mother Bear, right? But your protection tends to show up in other ways. Research shows that for some reason, a man is more likely, uh, more instinctually to uh, uh, step into harm's way, to take the bullet without even thinking about it himself uh, in order to protect those he loves. There's one interesting study done um, when a young child uh, uh, called for help while floundering in a swimming pool surrounded by men and women. The study showed that the men, uh, for some reason, were the first to hit that water to get them. That, um, that disregard of our own safety for others and peril uh, is a characteristic especially tied to masculinity for some reason. And, and so men, fathers and father figures, we treasure your willingness to step into harm's way, protecting your family. You are men of honor. We need your protection. Don't shy away from it. Uh, We need it and we cherish it, so thank you. Last, um, and here's a curious entry, uh, entry onto our list. A father represents, and it's probably its chief representation in the Bible, a father represents love in Scripture. God is love. This flows well from the last one of protection, because as Jesus tells us, there's no greater love than someone laying down his life for another I, um, I read an interesting study this past week that um, while the love from both a mom and dad are vital to kids, so hear me, moms, your love is vital too but. The study showed that when a child feels loved by a father or a father figure in particular, powerful things happen. Listen uh, just to a portion of what this study shows. Roner and his colleagues recently reviewed decades of studies on parental acceptance and rejection across the globe. Unsurprisingly, parents have a major effect on their kids, when kids feel rejected or unloved by mom and dad, they're more likely to become hostile, aggressive, and emotionally unstable. Parental rejection can also lead to low self-esteem, feelings of inadequacy, and negative world views. This is true for both parents, Roner told Live Science, but in some cases, dad is a more important factor than mom. Behavior problems delinquency, depression, substance abuse, and overall psychological adjustment are all more closely linked to dad's rejection than mom's, Rohner said. By the same token, dad's love is sometimes a stronger influence for children than mom's, the researchers found. Knowing that kids feel loved by their father is a better predictor of a young adult's sense of well-being, of happiness, of life satisfaction, than knowing about the extent to which they feel loved by their mothers, Roner said. Isn't that interesting? And when you think about it, maybe that's not so surprising. If you take a look um, at those five things uh, on our list, uh, on the next slide, please. Um you know those first four right uh, um, they're more masculine sounding at least aren't they Yes we are the source we provide we discipline and we protect As Tim Allen would say all right, all right. All right, that's right that's good. and we love And so Maybe when love comes then from such a pillar of masculine strength, it can mean more in a way because it's less expected. It's more unusual. It's rare. It's precious. It's not as common or ever-present or justifiably presumed or assumed as a mother's love. And so when it shows up, from a man or a father or a father figure. It makes uh, a noticeable impact. Men, I've always agreed with those who conclude that the number one thing you can do for your family is love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And I agree with the statement that the number one thing you can do for your kids' fathers is to love their mother. But a close second on each of those lists, guys, is to show... To tell, make sure your kids know that you love them. And the good news is, uh, boy, it doesn't even take much to make a huge impact. Even a little bit of quality time with kids, guys, moves mountains in them. And our willingness to be vulnerable and open with them moves even more when they see that such masculinity uh, also is in desperate need of the Lord And fails on its own without him, and without their mom. You know, Father's Day is uh, traditionally, uh, and it is, a great day uh, to call your dad and tell him you love him. But you know, dads, um, I think it's a great day too for you to tell your kids, um, "I love you," and I'm proud of you. Men, uh, father and father figures. Our love makes a huge impact. So I want to thank you this morning, commend you this morning for being strong enough to be weak enough to be vulnerable and intimate and to share your love with your kids. I want to thank you for loving your families and your wives and your children. We need that desperately in the church and in the world, so thank you. I want... um, I want to close today recognizing, you know, not only the cause of celebration of Father's Day brings, but also acknowledging um, some of those, at least, for whom today is a difficult day. Did something similar with Mother's Day, and um, I got so many notes of appreciation for doing that that um, I assumed uh, that um, folks might appreciate something similar for Father's Day. So here it is again. Uh, just in closing, uh, Father's Day style. To those, um, to those who lost their father recently or who lost a child or a grandchild this year, we grieve with you today especially. To those who became um, first-time dads this year or dads again this year, we uh, see your joy and we celebrate with you. To those husbands who walk uh, the hard path of infertility but are supposed to be the strong one, man, we walk that hard path with you, men. To those who are foster dads, father figures, spiritual dads, oh, how we need you. To those who have warm and close relationships with your children, we share your delight. To those who have disappointment, heartache, or distance with your children, or with your own fathers, we sit um, with you in that hard place. To those who experienced abuse at the hands of your own father or father figure, we acknowledge your experience and pain. To those who are single and long to be married and fathering your own children, we mourn that um, your life has not turned out the way you longed for it to be. To those stepdads and adoptive fathers, we walk with you on those complex paths. To those who live with regret at not being a better father, We forgive you, and we encourage you to try again. It's never too late in Christ. Amen. And to those who are a source of order in life, who provide for their families, who dare to discipline their children in a godly way, who wouldn't hesitate to give their lives for their families, and who love their wives and children well, we commend you, gentlemen, and we appreciate you. This Father's Day, we walk with you, men, fathering in this world, being a man in this world is not for the faint of heart, and we have real warriors in our midst, ladies and gentlemen, and we remember you, and we salute you. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for being our Father. Father, my heart goes out to those earthly fathers. And I'd ask, Father, that uh, today you would renew a sense in all men, in all fathers or father figures. Renew a sense of urgency to stay close to you and get to know you more as Father. And remove uh, from us, Father, those barriers that would keep us from showing our children, showing the world who indeed God the Father is. Keep your promise, God, that when we strive toward you, you run and meet us, and you carry us along in the power of your Spirit, and that it's not on our effort alone or at all. Help us, Father, though, to take that first step, to choose to do it. Thank you for not forcing us to and not being like that, but for giving us the free will to choose to do it. And when we choose to do it, Father, come running and help us because we need you desperately. Father, we love you. And I just pray this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Would you stand, please, for the benediction? As uh, the music plays, the benediction this morning comes from the book of Ephesians. And uh, it includes, oh, both uh, an exhortation, encouragement uh, to children, uh, as well as to our fathers and mothers. Paul puts it this way Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, with a promise, so that it may go well with you. And that you may live a long life on this earth. Fathers, parents, do not exasperate your children, but bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. And in Jesus' name, my brothers and sisters, and with his help, we can do this. Amen? Amen. Happy Father's Day. God bless you all. You're dismissed.